This podcast is a publication of the Engineering Management Institute, where we are committed to building professional development systems, including project management and people leadership programs that support the growth of engineers and their firms. Download our AE Industry Trends Report for insights on the great resignation, remote work productivity, and people-centric cultures. To get your copy, visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Geotechnical Engineering Podcast. In this episode, I have the privilege of speaking with Moshen Radi, a distinguished civil and geotechnical engineer. We're talking about the dynamic crossroads of earth science, geology, and mechanics that we call geotechnical engineering. I'm your host, Jared Green, and I'm excited to be bringing you another episode of the Geotechnical Engineering Podcast. And with that, let's dive right into today's episode. Before we go on here, a quick word from our sponsor for this episode, Simpson Strong Tie. Simpson Strong Tie is a building industry pioneer dedicated to helping people design and build safer, stronger homes, structures, and communities. Simpson Strong Tie is making a positive difference for their customers through expert engineering, world class test laboratories, and unrivaled technical support. We invite you to consider working alongside the many talented, passionate, and humble people who are all contributing to our shared mission in an environment that supports a healthy work-life balance. It's a place where you can connect, create, and build a career. Visit strongtie.com forward slash careers to learn about our culture and why Simpson Strongtie employees are our most loyal customers. All right, Moshin, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Good, good. How's your day been? So far, so great. Really glad you could be on. You know, I've been really looking forward to this conversation. And I think to set the stage, it would be helpful to give us a little overview on your background, geotechnical engineering. Also, talk about how you got led to this field and also what motivates you and what's made you passionate about geotechnical engineering. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to get on your podcast and a little bit more about geotechnical engineering. Geotechnical engineering is mostly focused on soil and properties of the soil before getting to the structure and building of a a structure. So my background is mostly geomechanics. So it deals with designing buildings by taking account of soil properties and other components of ground. How did you get into the field? Well, technically, geotechnical engineering is part of civil engineering. So I started off doing my bachelor's in civil engineering. Then I was interested in other fields like structural, earthquake engineering, and payment design. And eventually, I decided to continue with geotechnical engineering. Geotechnical engineering is a little bit more is a broader like area that come consists of pavement, uh, hydraulics, dam design, and soil mechanics. So they're all called geotechnical engineer. Why do you like it? Well, geotechnical engineering is a very very useful before building uh, any kind of structures, and even after building structures, a lot of them need remediations. So. We are pretty busy, you know. 
for example, like a lot of the structures, older structures like roadways, pavements that might have issues with their foundation or taller buildings, foundations. So they all relate to geotechnical engineering. And in California, we have earthquake issues. So that's a bigger kind of project for geotechnical engineering. You know, like the, the different types of challenges that come along with geotechnical engineering. That's what uh, seems to have attracted you. It's a very big like feel like if I want to spend time every day, still there's something new I can learn every single day, you know. So for those that might not be too familiar, you want to give an overview of the importance of the role that geotechs play within civil engineering? Geotech engineer has to be very like knowledgeable in the field of soil mechanics and at the same time field activities and how to actually go to the site and run an investigation to find the issues with the structure or land developments and after that he has to be able to collect enough data from soil and the land and the structure and be able to analyze all that data in the laboratory and eventually come up with a remediation or uh, somehow a conclusion, uh, wrap it up and send it to the clients. Within civil, like what aspect of the geotech do you think is the most important as it relates to civil? Well, civil engineering is consists of different areas like hydraulics, structure, me mechanics, soil mechanics, earthquake, bridges, dam, pavement. But geotechnical engineering is specifically focused on somehow interaction between the soil and the structure. That the structure can be pavement, can be a small house, residential, commercial buildings, can be a airport, a dam, it can be any, any kind of structures that interact with the soil. So the geotechnical engineer is responsible to find out, for example, the bearing capacity of the soil and if the structure can stable on the ground. A lot of sampling has to be done, sampling from the soil under the structure and then has to be taken to the laboratory and analyzed to find out if that soil has enough strength or other properties that can hold the structure on the ground, you know? Geotech, it's a blend of a number of scientific disciplines. You want to talk a little bit about the intersections between geology and geophysics within the field? We uh, work a lot with geologists, actually, because geologists are very helpful to us. They, we get a lot of information from them from thousands and millions of years ago. That What type of geology has that area that we're going to build in a structure? And geophysics uh, will help us to discover what's going on near and farther on the surface to find interesting like features of the ground at the top and bottom of the surface there's so many different test devices that geophysicists will help us to investigate the site at the top and at the depth of the ground before we build any structure and geologists will help us actually in depth and vision of the ground type and the geology of the area that we're going to build or remediate. So any type of subsurface anomalies, you get a clue of where those things are beforehand. 
not just only the subsurface, but also more importantly, like this uh, underground surface, you know. How does soil and, and rock mechanic principles shape the design and construction of structures? For example, you want to build a small like cabin somewhere in the woods. You need to know if that soil can hold the ground, I mean, hold the building, you know, so even before building any foundation. So you have to take some samples deeper from the ground, maybe 20 feet under, you take it to the lab, you have to analyze the soil to find out, for example, what's the moisture content, what's the void ratio, what's the strength of that soil, what type of soil is that, is it clay, is it sandy? So for example, there's some problematic soils that has to be resolved before we build anything on it, so we have to add enough strength to it. So if the soil is too loose and not strong enough, then we have to add deeper foundation, like pile, have to drive pile under the foundation. But if the soil is strong enough, we don't need to spend that much money. So that's a budgeting thing too. So we save a lot of money if you already know the soil and ground is strong enough. What are some of the challenges the engineers will face when dealing with different properties and soil and rock? The challenging is come when we deal with the uh, subsurface features that are, are hard to find and investigating those features. For example, if we have any mine activities from 100 years ago under some locations, then we don't know. So we have to find out if there is any mine activities under that location. So we have to get those information from the Department of Natural Resources and make sure that mines under those areas are stable. Otherwise, if it's not stable, then that will cause settlement issues at the surface of the ground for new structures or even older rig-built structures. There are ways to find out those anomalies or features at the subsurface. So we have drillers that help us to dig under the ground and get samples from the soil and the rocks. So they're both important to be analyzed. Depending on where you are in the world, mines could be the thing that's important, could be expansive soils. We find man-made features. Still, there are subsurface investigations that find out the water level. And so we drill underground to find out if we have sand, soil, what's the level of water, if the sand, soil, or clay are loose or strong. But those are can be found easily by drilling and sampling the soil and rocks. And if there is any karst under the ground, so those are weak soil layers. So we have weak layers under the ground has to be investigated before doing any kind of activities on the surface or building any structure, you know. Now, what about disaster mitigation? Preventing landslides, minimizing earthquake damage. What role do geotechnical engineers play as it relates to disaster mitigation? The big field called so slope stability. Slope stability is a very important like area that geotechnical engineers deal with. I will give you bigger projects like landfills. Landfills are one of those projects that uh, deal with the slope stability a lot. So another project can be just tunneling or if the area is uh, subject to earthquake like California, that's another kind of slope stability field that we work with. Before analyzing any kind of soil, we need to have to get samples of the soil 
it can be a slope, it can be a mountain, it can be a tunnel, it can be pavement. So we get the soils, take them to the lab to find the actual soil properties. One of them is density. The other one is the friction angle, which is the strength of the soil. So those two parameters are very important. And we use other softwares and analyze the slope and find out if the slope is stable or not. And not. There are safety factors for different areas. For example, in California, we have higher safety factors up to two or three. Design bearing capacity should be way higher than actual bearing capacity to withstand earthquake. What are some of the specific measures that JITEX can take to enhance the seismic resilience of structures and foundations? For earthquake, we call it seismic design. So when we're running analysis and uh, building any structures in uh, areas with the seismic activities, so we have to put that into account, adding more strength to the foundation, adding more reinforcements to come up with more bearing capacity, so strengthen the soil. If we have to uh, have a deeper foundation, that's one thing, then we can actually strengthen the structure and add more bearing capacity to the soil. Now, we think about geotechnical engineering as a field. It's been constantly evolving. Can you think of any recent innovations or perhaps even emerging trends that are shaping the way geotechnical engineering is practiced? Data is very important to any kind of fields of engineering, collecting data and having it faster than like all the school kind of data collection. Right now, we have a lot of technology to collect more data in a short period of time instead of awaiting and collecting data from the past. There is this system called LiDAR collection. Uh, are you familiar with LiDAR technology? Yes, I am. So LiDAR can give us the chance to collect data easier, faster than past. So it's not just for geotechnical, it can be any other areas of engineering, actually civil engineering, like payment, traffic. But the point is we collect more data in a short period of time and use that for our analysis. For example, for settlement analysis, we want to know the surface features of the ground. But if you want to just do hand calculations and use the aerial images, it'll take way longer than usual because we have to rely on our eyes and visions or visuals. But when we use LiDAR, so we get all those surface features that looks like settlement, for example, we all get all those data in a short period of time, and we only focus on what we had to focus on instead of wasting time on none like what do you uh, it's like not useful information, you know. And with the advancement of technology, I mean, how is geotechnical engineering embracing tools like remote sensing, geospatial analysis, which you talked about a little bit, or numerical modeling to enhance its methodologies? Yeah, there are many softwares that use those kind of methods of numerical analysis of remote sensing or geospatial. So we try to get the best out of those softwares instead of, I mean, the common sense judgments at the beginning is very important. Those gives us a bigger picture of how to move forward. We call them like analysis programs before we use any software. So we have to know what we're doing before we use any methods or softwares, then it'll be easier, you know? And what advice would you give to aspiring geotechnical engineers that are starting out their journey in this field? 
let's stick to the basics from the past and before using any like new technology softwares, don't rely on them. Because if we focus on the concepts, they're older books, read a lot of books and understand the concepts and basics of what's happening, how earth works, how the soil works, you know. If we know that concept, then easily we can actually develop not only using the softwares and methods, but also develop it in our own terms. And before we take our break, where can listeners learn more about you and your work in geotechnical engineering? Yeah, right now I'm being busy with different projects. Some of them are foundations, some of them are land developments. I'm very excited to find new kind of structures or that deal with geotechnical analysis, especially problematic soils. So whenever I found those kind of projects, I be very excited to read more about them and find out the issues and find resolutions. All right, well, we're going to come back in just a minute and close this one out with motion in our career factor safety end segment. Stick around. Before we go on here, I would like to take a minute to recognize our sponsor for this episode, Menard USA. Do you have projects where you are faced with building on soft or loose ground? Does it seem like all the good sites are taken and you're always building on poor soils that are a challenge for conventional foundation approaches? Menard may be able to help. As a specialty ground improvement contractor, Menard works nationally and internationally providing design-build ground improvement solutions at sites with problematic soils. Typical projects include warehouses, buildings, material storage piles, embankments, roadways, port facilities, storage tanks, platforms, and more. In many cases, ground improvement is less costly than traditional approaches such as removal and replacement or piling systems. Menard works closely with civil, structural, and geotechnical engineers to minimize foundation costs for wide ranges of soil conditions, structure types, and loading conditions. To learn more about Menard USA or for help on your next project, please visit www.menardusa.com. That's www.menardusa.com. All right, welcome back. It's time for our career factor safety in segment. In geotechnical engineering, just like many disciplines of engineering, it's important to incorporate a factor of safety into your design. But what about incorporating a factor of safety into your career? Today, of course, we're speaking with Moshin Radi, a civil and geotechnical engineer at Marino Engineering Associates. Moshin, you've had a very successful career. And when you look back on your career, what's something you've implemented in your career to give yourself a factor of safety in your career? Well, I started my engineering profession. I've been always thinking of civil engineering as a broader kind of profession, not only just doing the projects that I have to do, but also involving the innovations into my career. So really, I was excited to have a like entrepreneur-like mindset. So I didn't stick to one route of engineering. So I've been always reading about other aspects of civil engineering, plus structural, payment, geotechnical, bridge, everything. Like in that way, I've been always prepared to deal with more advanced or different kind of projects. So that would give me a bigger picture and vision to deal with more advanced projects, and th that way I could actually have a better chance to 
develop my profession and not just focus on geotechnical engineering, for example. That kind of gave me a leverage, not just be like nervous about my profession. I have enough le- leverage to deal with any kind of projects outside my geotechnical realm. So I've been always prepared mentally for different projects, not just because I've been job hunting or anything, but as a like professional, that's my responsibility to know other areas because all those areas interact with each other. It's not just helping geotechnical engineering, but also other realms. So if I know a lot about payment and structural, that'll actually help the geotechnical aspect too. So they interact very strongly. That way I could just be able to help different kinds of projects without even being a geotechnical engineering as a civil engineer. That entrepreneurial aspect to your profession, coupled with being creative, is... Exactly. I would say entrepreneurial, but I want to make to the business. I study real estate, too. I'm a real estate agent, too. So I like to know how they think as a businessman. If a civil engineer is actually an engineer, you know a lot about businesses, too, and how they perform and do the business. Well, Moshin, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all the great insights with us. You share some great information and advice is going to be helpful for our listeners. How can people find you? Is there an email you could share we could put in the show notes or are you on social media? They can connect me on LinkedIn or my LinkedIn will have my phone number and email. So that'll be a great place to connect with everybody. All right, great. Well, thank you so much. It's a lot of fun. You too. Have a wonderful day, Jerry. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. We would love to hear your feedback, comments, and or questions. Please feel free to go to geotechnicalengineeringpodcast.com where you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, that being episode 85, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. Until next time, I wish you the very best in all of your geotechnical engineering endeavors. Peace. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to download the latest version of our AE Industry Trends Report to get answers to the questions that you want to ask your staff, but you may be afraid to do so. How long will the great resignation last? How long should you allow employees to work remotely? And how are successful firms using data to grow sustainably for the long term? You can learn the answers to these questions and more by downloading the report at Engineering Management Institute dot org.